Welcome to Love and Other Investments. I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And we're here to talk to you about alignment today. Yeah. So, you know, alignment's probably not a word you think of unless you're getting your car worked on. Yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, it's one of the things that we notice a lot. I know you've talked about it in your practice. I see it a lot in in my financial planning practice. Um, and, you know, we, we know that um, every family has a certain amount of money uh, available to them. Could make that even a bigger story and talk about resources in general. Um, but when things are tight and there's only so much money to go around, there's times when uh, money gets spent on things that one person thinks is important, and times when money gets spent on something that the other person thinks is important. And I don't know if you've ever noticed or not in your um, practice that people sometimes argue about what's important. Oh, for sure. So we. We're talking about, you know, why is it that we get so much friction um, at home um, when money, you know, gets allocated, uh, when it gets spent, uh, when it goes away and doesn't come back, and um, maybe we kind of feel left out in the equation. All right, so, but I want to take you back. Sure. Because we started with this idea of alignment. Mm -hmm. So define it for us. You're, you're sort of describing the way in which, uh, you know, perhaps two people in a couple are not aligned. But what does that mean? Well, a- alignment is kind of a fancy word for basically talking about what I think a lot of couples say out loud, which is I don't feel like we're on the same page. I, you know, I have this vision of what we're going to do or what we need to do or what I think would be fun to do. And you are thinking something else. And that's causing me stress. What's important to me is not important to you and vice versa. Right. And, um, you know, in a relationship, that that feels bad. It sure can. Yeah, it can feel real bad. You know, people kind of go, you know, what do we have in common? Um, and, you know, well, you know, all we do is we just, we kind of live together and we share expenses. Um, you know, but all I notice is, is that, yeah, you know, he's interested <laughs> in other things and I'm interested in other things. And so... Well, I think this is a really important thing that you're kind of pointing to. It's a minor, I'll go down a small rabbit hole, okay? Just a little, you. just a little one. You know, I think we're all sort of better at detecting what our differences are and less good at detecting what our similarities are. So I think you're talking about that phenomenon in couples. Like, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we don't have anything in common because the thing that's different between us is so front and center in our minds, it sort of crowds out all the things that we have in common in our minds. Mm-hmm. And it creates stress, right? It's tension. It's sandpaper. A lot of stress, yeah. So the things that are different different are um, abrasive. Yeah. So they stand out pretty quick. You know, you have... You get a blister on your foot, and it's all you can think about. Even though everything else in your body is working great, right? What you notice is the blister, right? And I think that's kind of same how, thing. Same, same thing. Point. Yeah. So you know how? What does it mean? And you know, man, I see it all the time. People go, you know, we're just not on the same page. We're going in different directions. You know, I'm, I'm asking myself, you know, is this the way it's going to be forever? Um, you know, why can't we seem to agree on anything? Well, yeah, especially if you've had arguments about these differences over and over and over and over, which is common in all relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we want to get into today is a little bit of kind of where do those differences come from? And is there any, I don't, you know, not a magic bullet, but, but is there any core idea um, that, that we can help people say, hey, this is, 
this is where you kind of dismantle that argument. And I think it's really going to come down to is this idea that um, if we're not on the same page, what page are we on? And that's a great question, I think, to kind of start with. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody understands that I have a page. I've been working on this page for a long time. It's the things that I value, the things that I'm interested in, um, the things that other people have, you know, invested in me to do. Right, or I spend my resources on those things. Yeah, Yeah. and it's where my history comes from. There are all of these things that kind of make up my page. Another way you could say that is these are, this is what makes up my story. This is who I am. Um, And you have a different story. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, you say, well, this is who I am. And obviously those things don't overlay perfectly. And that's where we get these differences, right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a, I was watching a TV show yesterday and it was one of those reality TV shows. That sounds yeah, awful. Reality in quotes. I'm using air quotes right now, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it actually, it's kind of hilarious. But one of the people in the show had this moment where he he had a reaction to something that was going on, had this moment where he realized just because he had a reaction doesn't mean everyone else had that same reaction. Mm-hmm. Like he hadn't figured it out yet mm-hmm. that his perspective is not the only perspective. And I think that's a phenomenon that happens in relationships all the time. And that's what you're alluding to just now. You know, it's like my page is different than your page. And I might have an erroneous belief that because I like my page, all the stuff I like to do, the things that are valuable and important to me, that must mean everyone else likes it too, which is definitely not true. Mm -hmm. And especially that's an important lesson in a relationship. You know, and if you're new in a relationship, some of those differences you kind of think of as cute and quirky. And then as the years go by, they yeah, become less cute. Not so cute. And and yeah. way quirky. Why can't my partner think like I do on this? Right. Yeah. Right. So um, one of the things that um, we talk about when we're working through with people on their budgets, on their finances, how they utilize resources, is I will often ask people um, this really simple question and it gets all kinds of responses but the question is real straightforward and that is is the way that you and your family use resources in alignment with the things that you both value most and do you watch their brain sort of scramble right there how do they answer i'm very curious like what's the initial reaction they have uh more often than not the initial reaction is a very long pause and a lot of staring at each other they don't know how to answer that question i think more often than not people haven't thought about it that way I think there's a moment where you go, oh, we have shared resources and there probably ought to be something that we have that's shared that we're trying to accomplish. Um, The idea that you have a a shared accountability to accomplish something with the resources that you're using, I think, makes sense to everybody. Um, I've even had people out loud say to me, that question makes a lot of sense and I don't think we've ever pondered it that way. So do you think that they think the, their money is shared in a sense, but they don't have, they believe they don't have goals for that money or they, they believe they don't know what to use that money for? Like, are they coming to you thinking we just want to grow our money? I think what's really happening is that people tend to believe that I have my set of things and he or she has her set of things and it ought to just magically overlap a bunch so that there isn't a lot of friction. Mm-hmm. That the things that, you know, we're married, we, you know, we've been, we've been together for 10 years. We ought to be on the same, we ought to be on, we're in the same house. 
we ought to be on the same page. But they're just assuming that they're assuming that that somehow happens with time. And the reality is, and I, and I think you could probably speak to this a little bit. That doesn't happen without some commitment. Time is not the thing that changes that. Of course. So what do you think changes that? Having conversations over and over again about, and listening carefully, you know, especially to your partner, what they're, what they're, you know, interested in, what they're thinking about, how they experience something, having, you know, we've talked about a lot about this idea of curiosity, having curiosity, genuine curiosity, what is going on in the mind of my partner? How do I better understand that? How do I make sense of that? How do I build a model for how they think and feel so that I can begin to imagine what it's like for them to think and feel those things? So without that curiosity, without that sort of empathy and understanding, how are they going to come to some determination of what they both want or need or what there's what's overlapping. I think I hear this all the time. People want to build a life together. But what is what does that mean? When the reality is is we just want to be together and think that that somehow builds a life together. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because when I'm working with people, often they have professional jobs where they are very sophisticated in how they relate with their coworkers, Mm -hmm. whether they're a manager or an employee or whatever, they really think through in complex ways what it is they need to do relationally in order to move the ball forward. But when they go home, they relax, you know, quote unquote, relax. And they stop thinking about what it means to be intentional about being in relationship with someone. They have dinner, they plop on the couch and read a book or watch TV or scroll on their phone or whatever, and they're not thinking anymore about what is it that I need to do in order to create some intentional connection with my partner. They just assume that that's happening because they're sitting on the same couch. You know, and, and maybe that's happened because in their families where they grew up, that never happened. You know, you get born into a family. Sure. And you don't have any rules or expectations when you show up. And those are kind of handed to you. Um, You learn as you go. Um, It's your first go round. And you adapt to the family culture that your parents and others have created. And then you get married and you jump into this relationship and, you know, cohabitating with somebody else. And you just kind of would naturally assume that you're picking up where you left off like you did with your family. And it's a whole different culture that they've brought into your space or into your shared space. And you find out pretty quickly that those cultures at times clash. For sure. And so, you know, one of the reactions that that I've seen over the years is um, one partner has a much stronger personality and kind of expects um, the other partner to adopt his culture or Mm -hmm. her culture. In other words, well, you have your page, I have my page. We will not be needing your page anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't, I don't know about in your context, but in my context, you know, as a, a psychotherapist, I, I see the person sometimes who's uh, more accommodating, finding ways to resist. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and sometimes not even in their own awareness. Like sure. they're, they're resisting, but not quite aware of it. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, the problem is, is when you take one person's page and live off of it, the other person doesn't, it's not a skill set that they've learned very well. Right. And uh, a lot of times you get people shutting down right. um, and feeling a little bit trapped. 
um, like they don't have a voice. Um, and that doesn't typically work well. So, so, so let's be concrete about this. Yeah. So I can imagine a couple coming to your office and saying, Hey, we want to help with our money. And you ask them this important question, you know, and, um, one person says, yes, I know the answer. Mm -hmm. This is how we spend our money. And the other one sits silently sort of looking at you and then looking at their partner sheepishly and saying really nothing. Mm -hmm. Is that an example of what you mean? Yes. And it becomes pretty apparent when one person wants to do all the talking about how, quote, we do things. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not a lot of um, coordination between the two of them about how they communicate this. Right. and, and those are situations where I understand, okay, I'm working off of this person's page. They're it, not in alignment. This is an example of them not being in alignment. It is a type of alignment. I would, uh, I would state that it's probably not the best type of alignment. It's one person accommodating to the others. Correct. Thoughts or feelings or needs. Or right. Now, the inverse of that would also be problematic, where one person goes, oh, you resent me because we've been working off of my page for the last five or six years. Fine. I'll check out and we'll do it all your way and see what happens. They just flip it in the other direction. It didn't work the first way and now they're just changing the characters and it's still not working. Right. Which now you have double resentment, right? Right. Before one person was resentful and the other person was leading. Yeah. And and that's a, you know, that's a loaded word. It's kind of an all show you thing. Like that's not super helpful in couples. So what does, a, what does good, healthy alignment really look like? And what I see more often than not is that good alignment is you have a page, I have a page, but we're going to talk about what is in common from both of those pages. Mm. We're going to talk about and agree on what is central from both of those pages. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to recognize that there are some things that are um, unique to each of us that is not shared, but still important. Sure. Um, and we keep those things sacred. That's how you support each other in, in hobbies, in career, um, in, in faith, in, in all of these things that, that we may not be 100% in alignment with each other. Sure. But what we do agree is what are the core things? What are our core shared values? And you made an interesting topic, which is you got to talk about it a lot. you got to be curious. There's got to be a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. I would say that one of the amazing things that happens in that communication is that you are now creating not only a shared set of values, but you're creating a shared language in how you talk about them. Yes, for sure. I can't get into my wife's head magically and figure out what she's thinking. It has to be done verbally. And I've got to figure out when she uses words, why those are important to her and what she means by them. Mm -hmm. That's just... That has to be done right. in conversation. Right. And in conversation, we, we kind of learn how each other thinks about things, why we value them, how we got there, and we kind of create our own way of talking about it. You know? Yeah. It's fun to be around a couple that's been successfully married for a long time. They have inside jokes. They, they can finish, finish each, each other's, other's sentences, conversations, uh, which, you know, that's 15 <clears throat> years of you and me. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yes, that's the way that's supposed to be, mm-hmm. is that you've had enough communication that you know what's important, you know how you talk about it, um, and you kind of still can protect your own space. Yeah, so, you know, this is what Meredith, was, our producer, was reminding us earlier before we started. You know, there's my, my page, my partner's page, and a third page that we co-create. 
Like Correct. We, we are writing that together. That is not mine. It is not my partner's. It's ours. There's a we part of that that is um, central. Mm-hmm. And when it is shared, like what we're discussing, then all of a sudden something really naturally happens. And that is that the way each of us individually reaches into the bucket of our resources and uses those resources, it is naturally in alignment with the things that we both have agreed are important. And so instead of, well, I need to do my things and you need to do your things, and that's all fine and dandy until they start running into each other, we have both agreed to set our things not totally aside, but we've decided to put them underneath the things that we both agree are most important. Yeah, I mean, the the page that we've written together, the co-created page, is elevated just a little bit so that when we go to make a decision about how we're going to use any resource, including money, mm-hmm. but any resource like mm-hmm. time or love or, you know, energy, whatever, um, we, we say what's... First, what's most important to the we, to the mm-hmm. couple, right? And then if whatever the decision-making is, we decide that, you know, the we is not involved, the couple is not involved, then maybe we choose to do something that's individually important to one of us. But the couple comes first. And this goes back to what you were talking about. In, in our professional careers, we know this has to happen. If somebody were to start a business and say, so what is your business about? Well, we just basically want to um, be in business and be successful. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of people that work there, and we just want them to do what comes naturally to them. Mm-hmm. There, there's no bank just in the chaos. world that is going to lend money. Right. You need, you know, the, the founders of this business need to be on the same page as focused, to, focused on what it is that they're going to make or do or trying to accomplish over time. Yeah who they're trying to help, how it's going to work. Right. And they all have to be in agreement. And if you're, if you're an investor in that, you want to see that the whole company buys in to what it is they're trying to accomplish together as a team. Right. So and, why wouldn't there be an analogous thing in a, in a relationship? Right. Is that what you're saying? It is amazing to me how, I don't know how many years it's taken place, but marriages used to be primarily an economic union or a political union. Mm, it's it a deal. The, it's a deal. Money's exchanged. Yes. And you came together in order to start a new family, to build a new empire, to, to survive. You know, all of these things were, were front and center. Mm-hmm. Here's who we're going to be. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what it looks like to move the ball forward over the next 20, 30 years. Right. Everybody bought into that. You know, families work together. They accomplish things together. And that's what success looked like. And I think we've gotten, quite honestly, really lazy at looking at our relationships as something that needs to accomplish something over time. And, and if we're not accountable to that, then we're ending up having two individuals that are fighting over a shared bucket of resources, mm-hmm. and it's creating a lot of tension. They're spending on their own wishes, whether that's you know intensely selfish or not. It's, mm-hmm. They're spending on their own things and not paying attention to what the couple needs. Right. So let's wrap up. I mean, we've used the word alignment a few times, but really when we start talking about alignment, we're talking about an assumption that we're talking about a a couple who has committed um, to creating their own page, their own shared page um, that they have co-authored together. They've spent some time investing um, into discovering what's important to each person, finding out where those overlaps are, 
agreeing what the core central things that they want to accomplish as a couple or as a family are and holding themselves you know accountable to the idea that since these are important we're going to use our resources our time our energy our money um, our creativity our enthusiasm um, our sleep you go down the list we're going to use all of these things to try to jointly move the ball forward and we're going to be accountable um, that that resources aren't just wasted Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's time to be frivolous and there's time to be fun and there's time to, um, for have one person do something that they individually want to pursue. Yeah. But what comes first is the core values. So I want to, before we finish, I want to just really quickly comment on the values idea and the, and the sort of how to do this part of mm-hmm. our conversation, because I think it's really important to make it concrete. You know, I, I think uh, when you and I have talked about value, when we've talked about values for a really long time and been thinking about this idea a lot, when we talk about it, we sometimes talk about it in the abstract like we just have been. But concretely, I think how this looks is that, you know, the two people in a couple sit down with a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper and a pen, and they write down what it is that's most important to them in life, more Mm -hmm. important than money, more important than time, what's most important to them Mm -hmm. individually. Mm -hmm. And then they compare Mm -hmm. and share. Like if if there was something my wife had on her list that I forgot to put on mine, I'd I'd put it on mine. I steal her ideas, right? She steals mine. And then we find the X number that are in common. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you know, sh- she says she, it, what's important to her is health. Mm-hmm. Right? She wants to have a healthy family. I say also that having a healthy family is important to me. We have a shared value now. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, and however many we end up with, but this is the thing that uh, allows us to have a concrete um, direction to point in. We have these values that are shared and are in common, and now we want to come into alignment and push um, whatever the use of our resources are into those categories. And when you do that, you make progress on them. Yes. And when you make progress on them, if you, you feel the teamwork. And the closeness. And the closeness. And you feel and proud. successful. Yes. And those things create a virtuous loop, right? Yeah. I want more of that. I, you know, and then you start going, I couldn't accomplish this without That's my right. wife. Right. And look what we're doing together. And is there, and so all of this kind of builds on itself. And so instead of having the tension being the thing that stands out, like we talked about at the beginning, and we have nothing in common, now what happens is you go, look at all the things that we have in common, because look at the things that we're accomplishing together. And so now the differences are just minor annoyances, and they pale compared to the successes that you're working out together. Sure. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about... um, Families getting together and spending the time not to tear up their own pages of what's important, but to combine them and to create that new place um, that they have co-authored together that they're going to hold themselves accountable to make progress on. And, And that's the alignment that we're talking about. 